Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the inaugural show of the American Awakening, September 19th, 2023. I am your host, Michael Herzog, and tonight, my guest is none other than James Roguski. He's a researcher, an author, a natural health proponent, and he's an act- activist. His, uh, his work can be found at James Roguski, that's R-O-G-U-S-K-I dot substack dot com. Now, this evening, James and I will be discussing the proposed amendments to an existing agreement between the nations of the world and the WHO, that's the World Health Organization, that if adopted, will literally expose all of mankind to what likely will be future draconian health dictates laid forth by this unelected cabal for motives of which none could be construed as humanitarian. So with that, James, welcome to the American Awakening. I'm glad to have you for my inaugural show. So there's much to discuss, James, and I would suggest, or I'll leave it up to you, but I'd suggest a quick overview of your research before we get into the real meat of this. So go ahead, James, you've got the floor. Well, thank you for having me. And, you know, it's an honor to be first. Um, I really appreciate that. You're welcome. We're going to have this discussion with our brains um, tied behind our backs because much of what the WHO is negotiating is being kept very, very secret. And part of part of the discussion here, really, I think the major part of it has to include the fact that many of the things that people have been saying and are saying about this is in a vacuum because what they've done is um, there's there's many tracks, there's different negotiations. Some paperwork, you know, was allowed to sneak out uh, months, months, months ago, actually all the way back in December. And they've been having secret meetings ever since. And we're not allowed to see the most recent version of whatever it is they're up to. So this all has to be put in the context of what's with the secrecy. Well, it's interesting that you say that and knowing you, I've had you on my show in the past and with what you brought out in the first uh, appearance that you had on my show, I was absolutely amazed. But then as time goes on and you dig deeper into this, we find the, uh, the efforts are even more nefarious than we could even imagine. And so, that being said, a quick overview of what we're talking about here for the listening audience that is new to this is that there's and there's a lot of people out there uh, uh, giving misinformation that this is a new treaty. It's not a new treaty. OK, you want to expound on that a little bit, James, and, and yeah. tell people exactly what that is. Go ahead. I certainly will. And um, I, I did an article oh, a month and a half or so ago to try to clarify all of this. 
It's called um, StopTheGlobalAgenda.com. And in that article, I laid out a graphic where there are four separate tracks. And if we could compartmentalize talking about them, that's what has not been happening. Okay. Tracking number one, two, three, and four, people get information from one and they attribute it to the other and vice versa. And everything gets all confused. And so the WHO says, oh, that's, you know, misinformation because it is because they're all different. And any of these things are being kept secret and being confused. So let me let me do a, a, a three or four minute, you know, quick rundown. Okay, but let me stop you there, and because I, I forgot to mention, go ahead and do your rundown in just a moment. But I, for the sake of the listening audience, I want to let you know on the website in the bottom right hand corner, there's a blue box there. Click that box, and there's a chat room there. You can go in there if you have any questions, and I'll be able to pose them to James for you if you like. Go ahead, you've got the floor, James. I absolutely love questions, so the more the better. That's fantastic. Um, track number one, as I laid them out is um, actually going to happen tomorrow. I've been talking about it for months, trying to raise people's awareness. The mainstream media will tell you about it after the fact. And so what's going on tomorrow is not the WHO. It's the United Nations will be most likely, probably unanimously, adopting um, what they call a political declaration for the prevention uh, prepared for pandemic prevention, preparedness, and response. I'll, I'll move through the overview real quick. We'll come back to track number one, which is happening tomorrow. Track number two actually happened a little more than a year ago at the World Health Assembly last year on May 27, 2022. The um, 194 member nations did adopt unanimously amendments to the international health regulations. Most people have gotten nothing but misinformation about what did and did not happen at the assembly in 2022. They did adopt amendments and the rules are set that people's heads get locked up in cognitive dissonance. The changes that they made, the amendments that they adopted to the international health regulations do not need to and are not coming back and will not come back to the Senate or the Congress or the president for their approval. Their approval is considered to be assumed. Everyone's silence is viewed as consent, and there's an 18-month period that every nation on the planet could just write a letter to the WHO and say, well, you know, thank you very much for those amendments from 2022, but we reject them under Article 61 of the regulations. Thank you, but no thanks. Well, the deadline for that is December 1st. And for many people listening, that might this might be the first time you heard of this. So unelected, unaccountable, unknown delegates to the WHO on May 27th, 2022, and I have it all on video on my website, they adopted changes to international law, and nobody asked me, nobody asked you, nobody asked your viewing audience, nobody asked anybody on the planet. They made a decision, and then it just gets buried for 18 months, 
and nobody rejects it, well, hey, you, you know, speak now or forever hold your peace. I'll move on to track number three. Track number three is what we started the show talking about. Um, at the same meetings in 2022, when they adopted some amendments, they also um, accepted a resolution to start a process and they said, okay, let's, let's get a working group together for amendments to the international health regulations. It's abbreviated WGIHR, Working Group for Amendments to the International Health Regulations. And they said to all of the 194 member nations, by September 30th, and that would be of last year, September 30th, 2022, send us all of the changes that you would like to propose amendments to the international health regulations. Well, that was done almost a year ago now. And they kept it totally secret until mid-December. They did reveal what the original submissions were in mid-December. And they're, in many ways, an absolute abomination. We could spend some time talking about that. From that time until now, they have had many, many meetings. The next scheduled meeting is October 2nd third, fourth, fifth, and sixth, the first week of October, they're going to have, I believe it's their fifth meeting. And, you know, they meet for a week at a time. And, you know, they televise the first hour or two, and then they go away and do everything in secret. And then they come back on Friday and tell you what they, you know, a little bit about what they did in secret. But we have not been given one shred of any changes that most likely have happened in the discussions since mid-December. So we are totally in the dark. And, you know, they submitted 197 pages with over 300 amendments to like a 60-page document. Okay. Track number four, I'm moving on. And none of what I've said so far is even remotely connected to anything referred to as a treaty. Track number four, many people call it the pandemic treaty, but I think you know that's not what they call it. And there's a reason why I don't think people should call it a treaty, because a treaty implies something very different than what this is. A treaty implies you put some words on paper, you agree to it, you sign off on it, and there you are, you're done. Okay. That's not what they're negotiating. They have been saying for two years, very clearly, this started with a document um, published by the independent panel. You can, I think it's the independentpanel.org. Um, two years ago, they said they want a framework convention. Now, we got ourselves into a mess with the United Nations back in 1992 with the Framework Convention for Climate Change. And the reason why this is nefarious and, and just horrible, in my opinion, is it's very similar to signing a contract and having two or three or four blank pages in the contract. And you go, I'll tell you what, I'll let you pick a group of people who in the future can fill in those empty pages in the contract. Let me just agree to this now. I'm not making this crap up. That's, that's a good analogy 
for what they're trying to push through. Sign on the dotted line, and then we'll pick some people to make up the conference of the parties, which will be made up of the nations and the manufacturers that make pandemic response products and the United Nations um, agencies and all of the Bill and Melinda Gates foundations. I actually was in a parking lot at a grocery store a week ago, and I took a photograph of a little mini Cooper that had a plastered on the side of it um, stuff about polio. They're pushing, you know, polio vaccines. And it was the Rotary International emblem. If you could imagine, you know, the sort of sprocket kind of thing, um, the Rotary Club. They, they've given hundreds of millions of dollars to the WHO. So they have, last time I checked, it was over 400 organizations who are their relevant stakeholders. They get a seat at the table. They're in on these negotiations. They get to have input into the future writing of detailed protocols that would be internationally legally binding because we basically signed a blank check. And and so my favorite one of the groups that is on the list of relevant stakeholders, believe it or not, I still don't really know why, is the um, Ethiopian Airlines. Go figure. <laughs> and so okay. Go ahead. What, what's in this proposed um, framework convention that they refer to as the WHO CA plus is not what people think it is at all. I view it as a financial um, venture capital prospectus for businesses that deal with laboratory equipment and um, anything to do with pandemic profiteering. If you make um, products for pandemics, um, you really want this thing to go through because they're looking at $30 billion a year to fund whatever the heck it is people are supposed to be doing to prepare and respond to the next pandemic. And what that really is, is not anything to do with health. They want to implement what they call the One Health Approach, which is to scour the countryside to seek out and isolate and identify pathogens that they can share through a new WHO laboratory network that they want to build with somebody's money and then turn that into profitable pandemic response products. And they call this PABS, P-A-B-S, Pathogen Access Benefit Sharing System. If you find the next great potentially pandemic pathogen and share it, they will share some of the manufactured goods and maybe some of the profits with you. So the people who are in support of this are in support because that's their industrial, you know, that's their model. That's their business model. And back in November of last year, 
at the B20, the business 20 meeting in Bali, the Indonesian health minister said to all of the business people at the big meeting, um, he was talking about money that was in a separate thing called the World Bank Pandemic Fund, which the United States allocated a billion dollars a year through the National Defense Authorization Act to fund the building of laboratories around the world. He said, look, they have this multi-billion dollar fund. This is a great business opportunity. Go invest. And so what these people are negotiating, in my opinion, everything I've said so far is verifiable, documented. I've got the evidence on all my articles. Now I'll give an opinion. Okay. This is, you know, money laundering and corruption and crony capitalism. They want to create a cabal of insiders who create a cartel to control all of the laboratories and the testing and the making of more mRNA poisonous jabs um, to just do what they've done to us for the last four years an order of magnitude greater. And my simple answer is no. Okay, I tell you what, we got to take a two-minute break. We'll be back in two with my special guest, James Roguski. And when we get back, I'm going to tell you why this affects you and why you need to listen very closely to this, folks. So stick around. We'll be back in two minutes. Extendivite really works. Just listen to what some people have to say. Several years ago, I was developing a very uh, severe situation. I called it my flippy heart. It just was doing not good things. And I did not want to go to a medical doctor because uh, I just knew they would give me a cover-up pill. I didn't want to get onto that sort of thing at all. When I learned it was garlic and cayenne, and cayenne is a healer. It is a wonderful herb. I said, I think I'm on to something here. I'll tell you, I wouldn't be without it. It did wonderful things for me. Extendivite is only $69.95 for a two-month supply of either capsules or liquid. Call now. That's 1-877-928-8822 or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite. The secret to aging like fine wine is in the vines. Syrah grape seeds and skins contain high levels of flavonoids and resveratrol. Fermentation breaks these organic compounds down into smaller molecules, penetrating these therapeutic ingredients deeper into the skin, delivering faster and more effective results. Our handmade fermented skincare products are formulated with all natural ingredients and do not contain any phthalates or parabens. Similar products can cost as much as $180. At Natural Earth Medicine, we source our ingredients from local Arizona vineyards and cold process our oils to ensure that our customers receive the highest quality product in its purest form. Learn more at our website and try our fermented skincare products today. Visit naturalearthmedicine.com. That's naturalearthmedicine.com. 
putting sunlight on the political cesspool. Back to the American Awakening with your host, Michael Herzog. All right, folks, we're back now. Before we go back into this with my guest, James Roguski, I want to remind everybody, if you have a question for Mr. Roguski, there's a chat box at the bottom of the website. It's blue. Just click the button, and you're free to type in a question, and I can pose it to him. Now, what we're talking about here, folks, and we're going through this right now because they've put out the propaganda starting a couple of weeks ago here about these new variants that are in place. As a matter of fact, I was just in the pharmacy yesterday picking up a prescription, and mysteriously and coincidentally, they have the vaccines all ready for these supposed new variants. And what we're talking about is a vicious cycle that gets worse with unelected an unelected cabal of people that are on the gravy train with all of this money that are – going around the world trying to find pathogens to create new vaccines to keep you in that treadmill for the rest of your life. Am I wrong here, James? You know, I think we could probably stop the show right now because I think you just summarized it. <laughs> this, I, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I can't emphasize how serious this is because, uh, uh, James, I'm sure you're aware of it too, but I'm watching this unfold in real time. Okay, where these people are starting, the, they're, they're buying the propaganda, they're swallowing the Kool-Aid, they're, they're wearing the masks again, they're getting ready to roll up their sleeves with this, just, this, this menagerie of boxes full of vaccines that are taking up the entire floor of this pharmacy I was in yesterday, coincidentally coming out just as the variants are being announced in the last couple of weeks, you know, uh, the EB6-1 or whatever it is, they might as well call it the BS247 because that's what it is, you know. But it's a cash cow. But it, it's not just that. It's 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 what these vaccines do. As a matter of fact, I I contemplated yesterday asking the pharmacist James if those boxes contained the same insert as the last boxes, which said intentionally left blank, not giving them any ingredients for the vaccines. But this is serious because this affects the entire world. And there's an unelected cabal of people that are you know, in the gravy train here that are running around looking for new pathogens, developing new vaccines to continue to have an excuse in another pandemic with another variant to jab you again. You know, I mean, this is unbelievable. And if this is the direction that this world is headed, and I just I'm not limiting this to the United States, the world is headed. We're going to be led around in the nose and dictated to by unelected officials in high places such as the WHO and the UN telling us that we have to mask up, lock down, quarantine, stand six feet apart. Don't go into a bar, but you can go into a brothel. The same thing over and over and over again. And it's absolutely disgusting. You've got the floor. Continue, my friend. I'm off the pulpit. Oh, you know, I should let you keep preaching. Um, you know, I'm happy to sit in your congregation if that's the kind of sermon you're going to be bringing. Um, but, you know, that's the that's the whole point is. Um, when you listen to these boring meetings like I have with the WHO, they use a lot of words that they just repeat like some sort of brain dead mantra. Right. And they'll talk about, well, you know, for lessons learned. And it's like, well, what lesson did they actually learn? And so the lessons that they learned, quite frankly, is. While it wasn't a rousing success, they did manage to get about 75% of the Western world to volunteer for the jabs. 
or be coerced into them, however you want to look at it. But they kind of sort of failed in the relatively poorer nations who, you know, didn't have the infrastructure to do all the testing to convince people with, you know, inflated case numbers. Oh, somebody stuck something up your nose and told you you were sick, even though you weren't. And that's part of the game. Part of the game is, you know, they know that they were successful where they were able to work the media and the propaganda and the fear and get people to believe them despite the obvious reality that they were, you know, last time I checked, um, an asymptomatic situation means you don't have a disease. But they managed to, I'm just going to say, trick people into thinking, hey, you you feel fine, you're doing okay, but we stuck something up your nose and did a fraudulent process, and out the back end of that process, it said that, you know, oh, that's a positive test. I've always wondered why positive tests are bad for you and good for their pocketbook. And so, you know, the evidence is very clear that the way they were operating that fraudulent procedure, they had upwards of 97% false positives. So they told millions, if not billions of people, oh, you're contagious. You, you could harm someone else. You have to go lock yourself down, wear a mask, stay six feet apart. And that is the core of the lie. Well, you know, let me interject here. It's interesting you say that, and that will segue into a little surprise I have for you, James, because I want to remind the audience here. Number one, if you go look at the statistics, you know, COVID actually defeated the flu because the flu vanished in 2020. (laughs) There wasn't any. Okay. But I want to remind people. So so I'm going to have my producer play a clip. The first clip is going to remind you of what they were spouting at us three years ago. So go ahead and play that, Michael, if you would. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get covid if you have these vaccinations. Now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go in. Wow, what are your thoughts on that? That was three years ago, and that was being shoveled at us tooth and nail by every mainstream network, James, by Rachel Maddow and Joe Biden and you you name it, the whole litany of people, that if you took the vaccine, it stops right there. You don't get sick, blah, 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 blah. You want to interject here, James? Um, uh, you know, if if people are currently not aware of how those lies you know, have not been brought to justice, right? The people who lied to us are continuing to lie in in much the same way, maybe a little bit differently. And it's not just about the jab. No, I'd be happy. um, One of the things that I do across the board is I give out my phone number on all of the interviews that I do. I'm going to give it out now. Don't call me now because we're busy talking here. 
But my phone number is 310-619-3055. And the details of very simple things like you realize that even the CDC says that masks do not protect the wearer from infection with the respiratory pathogen that's spread by um, aerosols. So anyone who's wearing a mask is clearly uninformed that they don't work. If somebody believes that they're going to go and get a jab and it's going to protect them from being diagnosed with COVID, I want to explain one word of many words that I would like to explain, and that's the word effective. Um, the word effective needs to come with a positive or negative sign with it. Here's how they tricked everybody. They concocted a scenario with the original clinical trial that back in the mid-2020, when they were in the middle of starting this trial, if you had just read how it was designed, you would realize that if you got a jab, and then waited 30 days, got a second jab, and then waited 14 days, that would then change your status after basically a month and a half. Now you were considered jabbed. I don't call them vaccines because they're not. So 30 days plus 14, you got six weeks. In that span of time, you had received two jabs. If you had any problems, those problems were attributed to the unjabbed category. You were not considered fully vaccinated. And so any problems, side effects, deaths, whatever, didn't go into the active group who were getting jabbed until after 14 days after your second shot. Well, if you just simply read the design of the study, you should be jumping up and down like I was when I read it for the first time. This is a fraud. They could. Well, the, they could yeah, uh, give me a couple of minutes and I'll, I'll give it back to you. Yeah, okay. They cooked the data so that when they announced it, they go, oh, it's 95% effective. And they actually used the word efficacious because that's what you do in a clinical study. Well, then it got into the real world and some data started coming in. And then it was 80% and 80, you know, 70 and 60. And then they stopped putting a number in front of it. And they just said, well, it's effective because it was actually then negatively effective. The more jabs you got, the more likely you were to be diagnosed with COVID. So when they say it's effective, you got to go um, in a good way or a bad way. You know, for my health or for your pocketbook, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by effective? Because it's very effective at making people ill, putting them in the position where they need health care, which, you know, my advocacy for a couple of decades now is that pharmaceutical drugs and jams are customer acquisition tools. They take healthy people convince them that these things are going to protect their health, but they actually turn you into lifelong patients. 
Well, I want to emphasize and I want to uh, use somebody else to confirm what James Roguski just said. Now, you recall, as James mentioned, originally 95% effective, then 80, then 70, then 60. Effective uh, uh, for who? Effective for the people making all the money. But remember, they told us originally, according to Rachel Maddow and Joe Biden and a number of other people out there, that if you took the jab, you wouldn't get sick. You took the jab, you wouldn't go to the hospital. You took the jab, you wouldn't die. So with that, I want you to listen to a few seconds of New York Governor Karen Hochul just last Thursday. Go ahead, Michael, play that. Tell everybody, don't rely on the fact that you had a vaccine in the past, it will not help you this time around. Tell everybody, don't rely on the fact that you had a vaccine in the past, it will not help you this time around. Tell everybody, don't rely on the fact that you had a vaccine in the past, it will not help you this time around. Now, I had my producer play that three times so it would sink in. Tell everybody that if you had a vaccine in the past, it won't help you. You got to roll up your sleeve and start all over again. How many people still believe the Kool Aid, James? Can you it, can it get any more clear than that? Go ahead. No, Michael. Uh, what it triggered in my mind was that I was supposed to be clicking the heels of my ruby slippers together, like in the. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, James, we're not in Kansas anymore, buddy. Go ahead. <laughs> um, did we lose it? No, this is um, this is um, a character test to see how much people can you know swallow before they just go look. Um, you're lying to me. You've been lying to me this whole time. You're continuing to lie to me. If you're you know what's the joke? You know how do you tell if they're a liar? They're moving their lips. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, the issue uh, is, and, and you can go through every single aspect of it from top to bottom. Oh, you know, 14 days to flatten the curve. Well, do, do people even know what that meant? Right. What that meant was we're not going to stop anybody from getting sick. It's just going to spread out over a longer period of time. Right. That was just to flatten it. It wasn't to, to make people healthy. And so I'd, I'd like to just straighten up a couple of more words, right? Um, the word health. When they are doing these negotiations and they talk about, um, you know, the uh, convention agreement for pandemic prevention, preparedness, response and recovery of health care systems, they don't use the language, the health of men and women. They're negotiating, monitoring the health of health care systems. Now, I can't even begin to tell you how to comprehend that. I can say it to you, but I can't comprehend it for you. They don't care about you or your health. I've been watching um, videos, you know, to learn things and, and, and so forth. And over the last couple of months, about 50% of the videos that I've been shoveled on, you know, if I try to watch a video on online, are um, people of color primarily who are dressed, I'm sure they're actors, they're dressed in 
medical garb and they start off all teary eyed and, and they say, we're sorry. We're sorry that you had to wait, you know, to get your surgery. We're sorry that you had to wait to get care. We've never seen staffing shortages like we do now. Right. And, you know, I keep seeing these ads over and over and over again. And I'm like, what in the world kind of propaganda are they pushing? Where, oh, we're sorry. So we're overworked and we weren't able to care for you. That's, you know, if, if that is the case, it's because they fired a lot of people who refused to get the jab. And what they are actually negotiating is more money to build out what I call the pharmaceutical hospital emergency industrial complex. They want to have more people to administer more deadly drugs like remdesivir and midazolam and Paxlovid and molnupiravir. They're not going to advise you to make sure your vitamin D levels are good and you've got zinc and vitamin C and, you know, whatever else you might take, you know, to help you with um, a health issue. They want billions of dollars to feed the beast that is basically murdering people, in my opinion. They want to feed people more pharmaceutical poison, put more jabs in there, spread more fear, go out and seek to find new and exciting pathogens of pandemic potential. And they want to change the wording so that they can declare an emergency. If there's a pathogen that has the potential to cause a pandemic, not, oh, my goodness, thousands of people are sick and dying and there's truly, you know, an epidemic of disease. No, they want to be able to declare an emergency lockdown, all that other sort of thing. When they say, well, we found something that has the potential. Well, the stairs going down from my front porch could potentially have someone fall down them, right? There's potential risk everywhere you look, but you take the precautions and you, you, you tread lightly you know, in your life so that you don't have those accidents. All right, I'll tell you what, let me, let's stop right there, James. We gotta take a two minute break. We'll be back in two. Folks, stick around, we'll be right back. Extendivite is more than just a heart tonic. Do you have any of these symptoms? Night cramps in the hands and feet. Your arms and legs often go to sleep. On short walks, do your legs get aches and pains? Is your memory worse than it used to be? Ankles that swell late in the day? Has your blood pressure increased lately? If you answered yes to even one of these questions, you may have early warning signs of arterial blockages. Your body is saying that it is time to take Extendivite. These are not the normal signs of aging. They are the warning signs that accompany blocked arteries. Get your Extendivite today. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. 
Einstein once said, future medicine will be the medicine of frequencies. What did he know? Imagine you hear ocean waves caressing a beach, or a favorite song from the past, or the trickle of the babbling brook. All of these are sound frequencies that positively affect us. Terahertz is a soothing, healing frequency that has been proven to resonate at the same frequency as healthy cells. It penetrates the body and stimulates new healthy cell growth. Want to diminish muscle aches, joint pains, and experience a greater sense of well-being? Tired of spending money on short-term remedies that never seem to work? Soothing, healing, relaxing terahertz frequency is now available and as handy as flipping a switch. Terahertz technology is changing the course of what we were taught about how to maintain our health and well-being. To learn more about this amazing breakthrough, go to naturalearthmedicine.com. Putting sunlight on the political cesspool. Back to the American Awakening with your host, Michael Herzog. All right, folks, we're back with my special guest, uh, James Roguski. Now, can, can, are you seeing the severity of this yet, folks? Okay, we're talking about the potential. So we're talking about an unelected group of people that are, that, are, that, are, that are trying to amass this out, sucking on the teat of all these billions of dollars to run around the world and find potential pathogens where they can introduce gain-of-function research, declare health emergencies in whatever specific place, okay, enact lockdowns, mass quarantines. And then, James, we haven't even touched on the protocols that the funding from the CARES Act and the PREP Act legislated in 2021 of Fauci protocols of the bonuses given out by these hospitals for a diagnosis to, for, for the medical treatment for the, the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, what do you call it? The remdesivir and Paxlovid protocols along with the, uh, uh, uh Oh, the pharmaceutical drips that go in there. And then, of course, they get another bonus to put them on a, uh, uh, a ventilator, blow their lungs out. And yet another bonus that they check COVID on the box on the death certificate. I mean, folks, listen to what we're saying here. This is expanding and the greed involved here. They don't care anything about you. All right. They don't care about your health. They care about the health and the preparedness of their system. And their system is destroying us. Go ahead, James. You've got the floor. I'm off um, my pulpit. Ab <laughs> ab absolutely. I mean, you know, the amount of money um, that it takes to make sure that you get some sun when you can in the summertime, and maybe you take a, a vitamin D tablet to ensure that your levels of vitamin D are higher than, you know, they tell you they should be. Um, the studies show that those people had no problem. They're almost impervious to these kinds of problems. We're talking about a couple of dollars. And so that money is not going into their system. If you look at, I mean, if you just think about what a ventilator is and how absolutely insane this was. I mean, this is actually old news, but they're still doing it. And if I may, I'm going to take a minute because it is evil beyond belief. Now, if you're going to have a surgery and you're going to go under anesthesia and, you know, you have to maybe have a ventilator so that you're breathing through this surgery 
there could be a reason for that to happen. But most people are unaware that in order to make that happen, they inject people with drugs that stop their breathing so that their natural breathing rhythm doesn't conflict with the machine-controlled breathing. So I, I really believe that the vast majority of Americans and people around the world are not aware of what is done. People were having trouble breathing, so they used the system that drugged people to suppress their ability to breathe, stuck a tube down their throat, so that they could not cough up any of the phlegm that may have been in their lungs, that's murder. That's, if, it, if it was unsuccessful, then it's attempted murder. Now, other doctors who recognized what the patients needed treated them appropriately. They got better. Um, the first article I wrote a year plus ago when I joined the um, Substack platform after all my websites got wiped off the internet, I wrote an article um, about Dr. Shankara Chetty in South Africa. I don't know what the count is now, but at the time he had treated over 10,000 patients and not one of them even went to the hospital because he actually treated the true cause of the problem. And I'm going to, tease everybody here go to my substack because i can't explain it in five minutes go to my substack jamesrugusky.substack.com go all the way back to february of 2022 and the article is about dr shankar chetty and it's essentially you know are the protocols that our nation is using dead wrong what he learned is totally different than anybody else that you have ever heard talk about this. He published a paper in September of 2020, which means he had this information months in advance, pretty much before any of this started. And nobody to this day knows what he figured out, you know, out of the gate, there would not have been and there would not be a COVID problem if people had learned what Dr. Chetty from South Africa learned in early 2020. And so hiding that information is a crime against humanity. And so when you put this into perspective, you mentioned, you know, flu, flew out the window, right? And, and what flew in was a money-making venture. I'd like to talk a little bit about what people call the international health regulations. They were um, agreed to in 1969. There were major changes in 2005, and we've pretty much been living under them our entire life, right? If you're born before 1969, okay, maybe a little bit of your life, but the vast majority of people, these rules have been in effect for our entire life. And now they want to put in, you know, 300 changes. Well, if you actually read the document, you'd really understand that the name International Health Regulations is wrong. If you just go down through the articles, you'll realize 
it should be called the International Surveillance Monitoring Reporting um, Emergency Declaring Fear Mongering Control Regulations. That's what they're negotiating. They want greater surveillance so that everyone is, you know, alerted as soon as something happens so that they can fear monger the daylights out of you, claim that there is the potential for an emergency, and then quickly share pathogens, manufacture products, ship those products around and force them on people and then be able to say, oh, great, you know, we saved you from the next, you know, pandemic where what they're really doing is poisoning people who are gullible enough to be victimized by the fear. And so I'd like to point out what I remember as the last line of the Star Spangled Banner. Um, I think it says something about the uh, home of the brave and land of the free, land of the brave, home of the free. Um, Where are all of the people with courage to stand up for our freedom? What we are dealing with is a pandemic of fear. We've allowed the media to lie to us, make us be afraid of something that, you know, it's it's it's. It's bad for certain people who get bad advice and do the wrong things because they've been lied to. But if we can work through that fear and find our courage as individuals and as a nation to just say, look, um, if I get sick, I'm going to do the things that make sense to me to deal with whatever dis-ease I have. I don't think swallowing poison and injecting poison is the way to go. I personally am more afraid of doctors and medicine and jabs than I am of some invisible boogeyman that they want me to be afraid of. I have an immune system. I understand, you know, you've had some advertisements for nutrients and pharmaceutical, you know, or nutraceuticals and things like that. They have taken away people's courage and replaced it with fear and that is the problem and and i want to expound on this for the listening audience to say look this is happening right today in real time because when you mentioned earlier okay right now they rolled out these supposed variants, two or three of them. I don't even remember their names right now. I call them the BS 24-7 because that's what it is. But ultimately, mysteriously and coincidentally, they almost have the vaccines, and I'm sure they probably do, ahead of the variant that they're going to announce. And this is getting exponentially worse. And and they're talking about you know going to all, the, you know, all four corners of the planet looking for these potential pathogens to go ahead and do gain-of-function research to continue on this uh, merry-go-round, if you will, of rolling up your sleeves, getting your jabs. And we haven't even talked about uh, what what are in those jabs. The pharmacies don't know. And then the protocols that they put you under, even the tests that they run, 
Uh, I, I've seen videos uh, just like you have, James, where, where, where they, they, they stuck a, a swab into a kumquat and it tested positive for COVID. I mean, come on, give me a break here, right? This is all a major pandemic, which is the title, part of the title of my, my show tonight, is this is a planned uh, uh, pandemic and it's going to go on until we stop it. And the only way we can stop it is, like James said, is we need to muster our courage. You need to find that courage within your gut to do what I've been saying for a long, long time, and that is do not comply. Just say no. Go ahead, James. you got the floor. I absolutely agree. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much time we have left, but what I want to leave everybody with is, is hope and encouragement that, you know, when we come together, you know, in, in our country and everywhere around the world, um, individually they'll pick us off one by one no problem but if we you know are a people that is united and we realize that you know you know it's maybe cliche but false evidence appearing to be real is what fear is an acronym for if you realize that you've fallen for a story it's a lie and that is designed to put you into a state of Fear, and when you're working on emotions like fear, you make decisions that aren't really to your best interest. They know that if they can keep you in a state of fear, and you know all you got to do is watch the news for ten seconds, and that's all it's about—fear mongering, you know, twenty-four-seven. Um, there are things that people can do, and in my writing, I try to make it so that I present the information about what they're doing. But here's what you can do in response. So first and foremost, number one, um, people can go to thepeoplesdeclaration.com, thepeoplesdeclaration.com. And I don't want everyone to have necessarily the same declaration that I have made, but it's really very simple. You do not have my consent to sign these documents. They, they, they are working towards making the problem worse by trying to seek out more pathogens, bring them into laboratories, and make more jabs and bioweapons from them. The answer is no. It's not just, I will not comply. It's also, I will not consent to these negotiations moving forward. In addition to that, since January of this year, um, there's been a piece of legislation in the House of Representatives in our Congress in the United States put forth by Andy Biggs from Arizona's 5th District. It's the WHO Withdrawal Act, H.R. 79. So far, we've gotten over 50 members of Congress to sign on as co-sponsors. That's a decent start. We certainly need more. But this particular legislation, I can explain it in less than 30 seconds. It would instruct the president to tell the WHO, we're leaving, we're giving up our membership, we're not going to give you any money, and we're going to repeal the legislation that got us involved in the first place back in 1948. The bill is a page and a half long, and I pretty much described the details. 
We're leaving, no more money, repeal the legislation that got us in. Going forward for the next 13 months or so, everybody's going to be talking about elections. Well, if there's somebody running for House of Representatives for Congress <clears throat> or the Senate, we're trying to get one senator to put this in the Senate or for president. It's a really simple question. If you see their name listed as a co-sponsor, and I have all of this on exitthewho.com, exitthewho.com, you can see all the information. If you see their name there, I've got all their contact information. If they've co-sponsored it, call them up and say thank you. Finally, you know, there's 50 members of Congress who, at least on this issue, have chosen to be on the right side of it. Call their office up and say, thanks. How can I help? I appreciate what you're doing. If they're not listed there and they're running for office for reelection or as a challenger, you know, do you support this legislation? I don't see your name listed as a co-sponsor. So since you're not for exiting the WHO, that leads me to have to assume that you're a globalist and you're not really a patriot supporting our country. You're taking your orders from Geneva. Well, you're supposed to be listening to me. I'm your constituent. You work for me. You're my public servant. You get tax dollar income and benefits and pension. You're supposed to listen to the will of the people. I want you to sign on as a co-sponsor pledging to vote for exiting the WHO. And so for the next year, um, that's one one litmus test by which you can decide who you're going to support. Now, I know elections are you know messed up in this country, but what I hope to accomplish is that by 2025, there will be a new Congress. Hopefully there will be a new president, whomever that administration may be. They need to face a public that has had it. We're done with the WHO. We're done with this fraudulent, ridiculous of testing and injections and, you know, fear mongering because there's an emergency. What whoever is running for office, whoever is in office matters a little bit less than having the people of our country be clear in what it is we want and what it is we will no longer put up with. Amen so to that. We're, well, I'm, I'm sorry. Working, we're just you're working. Go ahead. We're work, just about out of time. Go ahead. I'm working to organize us. You know, we the people. And I encourage anybody interested in helping out to give me a phone call. Three one zero six one nine three zero five five. A lot of information there. Um, we are absolutely going to win back our freedom, but it's going to require us to find courage inside each and every one of our own hearts. All right. You know, that, click those ruby red slippers together and, you know, find your courage, cowardly lions. The uh, people's declaration.com and also uh, exit the who.com. James Roguski, folks. All right. You've got your homework for you. We've just given an overview. There's so much more. JamesRoguski.substack.com. And it's Roguski with an I, not a Y. Okay. You want to go in there and read about this, folks, because our future is on the line. James, thanks so much for coming on today. I appreciate it, my friend. 
All right. Yeah.